Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. following is for entertainment purposes only and is not being presented as absolute fact. Please enjoy. And don't forget, use discretion. Reddit user shares his father's account while being stationed at McMurda Station in Antarctica as a doctor during the 1990s. Throughout his 11-month tour there, he was the only doctor that was actually at the site. As a result, he was required to go on the expeditions with the research teams and the military personnel, just in case any of them got injured on the job. When he first arrived there, everything seemed pretty normal. He went about his daily activities as a doctor as he would on any other military base. But that all changed when he started seeing bodies come in with peculiar injuries. As you would expect in Antarctica, many of the deaths were the result of hypothermia. But slowly more and more bodies came in that weren't consistent with hypothermia as cause of death. He started seeing bodies with deep lacerations in their abdomen and chest or missing limbs. So naturally, he'd ask the soldiers that brought them in what had happened, but he was immediately silenced and told to write hypothermia as the cause of death. These were the first clues that told him something more was going on here, and it started to pique his curiosity. It was at this point that he began to observe his everyday activities, especially in the field, with much more intent. He started to pay more attention to his surroundings, especially when he tagged along on the expeditions. That's when he noticed on every expedition, they would take a five mile detour around a certain point south of McMurda Station. What also struck the doctor as odd is that all the expeditions went to the exact same location, about 30 miles south and 10 miles east of McMurdo Station. When they get to their location, he was required to stay in the truck, so he wasn't able to see exactly what was going on. It was then that he realized he'd have to befriend somebody on the research team to find out more. So this is what he did. He befriended a veteran of the station, somebody who had been there for 10 years. And a couple months after their friendship, he asked, why do we detour five miles around this location every time we come out on these expeditions? His friend turned white as a ghost and he looked terrified, told him to shut up and never ask that question again and stormed off. His first idea totally backfired. And later that night, while resting in his room, he got a knock on the door requesting that his CO had his presence. This guy was a hard ass and he was the commanding officer of the entire station. He chewed the doctor's ass, calling him everything under the sun and told him to mind his own business or he'd be sent back to the States. At that point, Doc knew he had something. For the next couple weeks, it was pretty quiet around the station until one night, all of that changed. Doc was just wrapping things up, about ready to call it a day when his door flew open and there was a gentleman on a stretcher being pushed by two soldiers. Doc, we need your help. He's injured pretty bad. As he approaches the injured soldier, he immediately recognizes that he's not even a person stationed at McMurdo. He took mental note and started treating him. He had lacerations covering his body. What happened? He asked the soldiers. He fell. He instantly knew, bull, no way. The reason he knew they were lying 
is because the lacerations were too clean. So clean that there's no way ice or snow could have done this damage. Nevertheless, he begins treating the man and trying to ask him questions, but notices that he's really delirious, almost in an anesthesia-like state. And as he's asking him questions, he begins mumbling something he doesn't quite understand. We shouldn't have let them out. They were in the ice. We thought they were dead. And suddenly, one of the soldiers tells him to shut up and shove something in his mouth. He proceeds to put a gag around the soldier's mouth to keep him quiet. And that's when the doctor had to step in. What the hell are you doing? Stand back, said the soldier as he raised his M16 and pointed it at the doctor's face. The doctor couldn't believe what was taking place. And the soldier yells, treat him. So he wraps him up and they send him on a plane to South America the next flight. After this, he upped his game and he really started digging. When researchers weren't looking, he'd snatch their notes and go over them. That's when he first saw pictures of what he would come to call the striders. He said they were unlike any creature on earth, like nothing he had ever seen before. But even so, these were still just rough drawings in notepads, nothing definitive. One day, while out in the field, he even tried to corner one of the researchers, a female. But she quickly panicked and told him to stop asking her questions stormed off once again that night while laying in bed he hears a knock at the door the co was demanding his presence and once again he got his ass chewed was called every name under the sun and told that they don't want his type there his commanding officer even told him one more slip up and they're sending you back to the states but at this point the doctor was used to this so he just took it and then went on with his day it wasn't until later that night that he actually did what got him kicked out of Antarctica and back to the States. When he knew his commanding officer had gone to bed, he went back to his office, broke in, and found some documents in his desk. They were mostly pretty vague talking about operations and the like, but eventually he stumbled onto something that caught his attention. It was a manifest requesting a pile of ammo. Now why would they need this much ammo at a station where there's really no threats or nothing that could overtake them on a continent where there's not even really supposed to be military personnel, according to the Antarctic Treaty. This was the evidence he needed to convince himself that he wasn't crazy. There is something more going on here. He placed everything back in the desk and went back to his room and went to bed. The next day, he was called to the CO's office again. Yup, they caught him, and he was getting sent back to the States. Funny thing is, he was already pretty much towards the end of his tour within the last two to three weeks, so they just picked the same date that he was supposed to leave anyway. So at this point, the doctor didn't care what anybody thought. He went around asking everybody what was going on, what they saw, and he got a few tidbits, but nothing really concrete until a gentleman named Cam Jones came into his office. Jones was a specialist in explosives. He was a Green Beret, but... He was also slightly autistic. He was smart as hell and strong as an ox. The only reason he got through training was because he knew how to blend in. He could do a lot of things members of his team couldn't, but most importantly, he had a conscience. The only difference is, Jones had a conscience, and he felt bad for what he was doing. And for that reason, he was approaching the doctor to see if he could help him, maybe act as a shrink for him or something. Well, it just so happened the doctor had a minor in psychology, so he agreed. Why not? 
it's perfect, really. He lays down and confesses everything that's going on in Antarctica, and the doctor helps him through. And the CEO gets a soldier. It's a win all the way around for everybody. Well, one night at about 2 a.m., the doctor hears a knock on his door. It's Jones. He has to see him right now. Piss off, the doctor says. I'm tired. Doc, I gotta talk to you. We have to talk. Please. The doctor could tell by the urgency in his voice that it was something important. So he opens the door. He proceeds to tell the doctor one of the most incredible stories he's ever heard. It's 5 a.m. the previous morning, and Jones' squad leader wakes him up. Jones, get your ass up. We gotta go. He proceeds to wake up the rest of the squad, and they get ready, all 12 of them. At first, Jones thinks it's the usual escorting researchers to a research station or something along those lines, but it wasn't. Instead, all the men went to the machine known as the Dakar. It's basically a tank that goes in the snow. It's equipped with all kinds of firepower and a minigun at the top. Supposedly a demilitarized truck, but it wasn't. They loaded up their gear and they took off towards the area that everybody avoids. And when they get to their destination, all there is is a massive office building in the middle of nowhere. It's similar to the one pictured above. They park and quickly push to the doors and head inside. What they find is absolute carnage. Jones goes on to tell him that there are great Dane-sized arachnids, but not quite conventional spiders. They're actually somewhat alien, highly intelligent, and they're very lethal. They are tearing the place apart, and everyone in it. The squad moves in and begins clearing rooms out, when suddenly, one of them yells. He's being attacked by one of the smaller ones. They light it up, and they get him out of there. The rest of them continue on. As they're moving through the corridor, they notice that the names on the offices cover a whole spectrum of different ethnicities. Multiple countries were working together supposedly at this office. Two more guys go down. They drag them out and the rest continue. They push forward and head downstairs where they find a massive facility, a lab full of all kinds of equipment. The majority of the facility was equipment. Parts of these creatures were everywhere. Some of them were put in a cryostasis and they looked like they were in a floating type of liquid while on the other half of the room there was probably 50 or so cages with three quarters of them being broken open jones and his men were horrified but they instantly start lighting them up with their fully automatic rifles it took them 18 hours of pure fighting to finally defeat the beast and jones goes on to say that there was a bullet tra- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that went to the facility. He claimed that the bullet train went to every major city in the entire world, from Melbourne, Australia, to New York City. From there, it even went to Hong Kong, China. It was highly advanced tech, and that it traveled faster than the speed of sound. At first, the doctor didn't buy it, but then he could tell by the way Jones was telling the story, he wasn't making it up. After everything's said and done, Jones leaves, and the doc can't believe what he just heard. Over the next couple days, the doc kind of calms down and becomes somewhat skeptic of Jones' story again. 
two days later, and he's set to leave the base the next morning when he gets a sudden knock on his office door. It's Jones. Doc, I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk to you. What now, Jones? I gotta get ready. I gotta leave tomorrow. Doc, it's about the Striders. Oh, come on, man. Really? He's looking down at his desk writing something when Jones walks in. He seems to ignore him until suddenly, pop, something lands on his desk. He looks up. <gasps> he can't believe what it is. It's one of the limbs from the creatures. All right, y'all. That was it. Obviously, for entertainment purposes only, I hope you enjoyed the story. I thought it was really intriguing. Regardless of any truth, obviously, it's for entertainment purposes only. I'm not stating that it's true. I just brought the story to you, and I love to entertain you guys. So, again, hope you enjoyed it. We all know Antarctica stuff is always fire. People love Antarctica, and the stories always hit. So, when I stumbled across it, I had to share it with you guys. So after all this, his son actually finds the hard drives that his father used in his computer, his Apple IIe, while at the facility. He was trying to recover the data off them. Well, in the process, they were just too old. They were from 1988. So the last thing he says is that he's trying to take them to professionals to get the information pulled off them. Nobody's really heard anything back from him since. Nobody really knows what came of it. Crazy stuff, right? Now, obviously, of course, take this with a grain of salt. It is a Reddit story, but nevertheless, a cool story, and it makes one wonder, does this have any merit or anything to do with why they don't want people in Antarctica? Hard to say. In the end, the conclusion that his dad had come up with was that researchers actually found these creatures deep in the ice in a core sample they took. Well... They thought that they were actually dead because they had been frozen for a hundred thousand plus probably years, maybe millions. Of course, they wanted to get tissue samples and check the creatures out, so they thawed out the core samples. Well, they animated. And that's when these things started being spotted around the continent. What's more is it's believed that there are actually multiple different species of them, from Great Dane to human size to much, much larger. Crazy stuff, right? I hope you enjoyed the story. Stay tuned. Stay in the love. Stay in the light. Keep on watching. Keep on keeping on. Be kind to others. I am out.